This program is brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U at Stanford University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu. My name is Marlene Scherster, and I work at the Career Development Center with Lance, uh, and have for 10 years been fortunate enough to work in the center, and over the last four, focus on areas that connect students to alumni and to people in the world of work. And it's been a journey, and it's been great. And two of the programs that I've gotten to work on are specifically the programs Lance referred to, the Shadow Program and the Stanford Alumni Mentoring Program. And part of working on those programs means I get to interact with amazing student leaders and alumni. And so I wanted to recognize the student um, leaders of that program, although some of them are outside right now. Um, Xiao is a graduating senior who's been with the SAM program for uh, it's been forever, it's fun, yeah. Um, Rishi, one of our SAM team members, and Lisa, who will be moderating the panel this evening. And, um, it, you know, when you do meet somebody who's worked uh, behind the scenes, you know, thank them. They spend a lot of time behind the scenes making sure that these connections happen. And Zohari Ross, right here, works in the Career Development Center, and she's been helping to coordinate numerous programs, specifically the shadow program um, this spring. I also wanted to make sure you were all aware that the shadow program was fortunate enough to get some grant money from the Stanford Associates this year with the hopes to increase the number of alumni participating. And with events like this, that's um, what we hope will happen. If you're not already signed up, you will. We've got these awesome t-shirts that, again, were um, gifts of the Stanford Associates, as is this evening. So it's important that we give thanks where it belongs. And I want to tell you one last thing. When trying to talk about what is the student alumni connection, I want to tell you a story because I witnessed it this evening when we were preparing to get set up and for the panel. I don't know all of our alumni or all our students, unfortunately, with large programs. You don't get to know everybody. Well, in walked um, Elna and Jenny. And I, they walked in, oh, I'm Elna. I'm Oh, you must be Jenny. They hugged and embraced like they were old friends. And they had shadowed just this year. They met each other. And that, to me, said that's what these programs are about. And so I thank you for reminding me why we do what we do. And um, I'm excited to have you hear from Lisa and um, our panelists. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm Lisa. Um, I'm going to be moderating today. So I think we will start off by just having the panelists introduce themselves, talk, give a little bit of uh, talk a little bit about your background and how you got involved in either SAM or the Shadow Program. How long have I got? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Elna Times. I graduated from Stanford 46 years ago, and um, my ambition is to come back to my 50th reunion and ride a Harley dressed in white leathers to the tailgate picnic. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Watch for me. Um, I graduated with a degree in what was then called communications and journalism, and is now called communications because there is no journalism major. Um, and I chose it prim primarily because it gave me the largest number of electives. Um, I was working on the daily, and um, it, the journalism curricula didn't teach me much that the daily already hadn't. So I got to experience a very wide breadth of courses at Stanford. And that has stood very much in my stead. And later on, I would like to address the whole business of reaching for breadth rather than focus. Um, I have had 
careers in journalism, public education. Um, I have owned a daycare chain. Um, I have an MBA from another college, which will not be named, and another master's degree in gerontology because I turned 65 and I wanted to know how to be old. And um, I've had, um, I currently am very involved in real estate, but I also spent 30 years in the computer business. And um, later on, I would like to tell you how um, both mentoring and being available for opportunities can work to, to your advantage as you go through your work life. And with that, I will shut up. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jenny. I'm a sophomore, and I'm majoring in economics. And I found out about the shadowing program through surfing the net through the CDC network and just seeing what was available, what kind of resources I had. And with that, I found that there was an opportunity to shadow a Stanford alumni, and that piqued my interest, and I went to the meetings, and then I found Elna, and lived happily ever after. <laughs> Great. My name is Sybil Diver, and I'm class of 96. I studied in the Human Biology and Slavic Studies Department, and um, I currently work for a nonprofit group called Pacific Environment. It's an international conservation organization based in San Francisco, um, but we have staff in Russia, China, Alaska, and then here in California. And the mission of the organization is to protect the living environment of the Pacific Rim um, through grassroots advocacy and policy reform. And I do a lot of my work in Russia, um, and I'm very passionate about uh, environmental um, conservation uh, through working with local communities and uh, protecting the rights of local communities to have a voice in, in what happens to their area. Um, I've also done work in a, in a variety of areas. I've, I've, I've taught science. I've, uh, I've worked on toxics issues and environmental justice issues. Um, I've lived in Colorado and the East Coast and Seattle and here and I learned about Sam because I had just moved back to the Bay Area and um, it was thinking about my network of people of, of who I really wanted to connect back up with and really right at that moment I received an email from the program and was alerted to the fact that there was this effort to connect alums and students and this opportunity to give back. And it, it just kind of worked like clockwork. I got an email from Brendan shortly after I had written up a, a profile and, um, and then we got to, to connect, which was really great. Um, so we get to talk more about that. Um, I'm Brendan Selby. I'm a senior um, majoring in English and sticking around next year to do a co-term in religious studies. Um, I guess I found out about the program around the middle of this year when I realized that I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do the year after next. Um, I thought I was going to go into journalism and I did a couple of internships and decided I didn't really like it. Um, so I, you know, wanted to see sort of what else was out there. Um, so I sort of was looking through the site. It looked like there were a lot of interesting people. I think there was like a uh, Middle East diplomat and like public relations people, um, some of you might be out there now. Um, but you know, I, I saw a profile, uh, Sybil's profile was like uh, background in Slavic languages and Humbayo and 
did environmental work and traveled to Russia and China frequently. It just sounded really interesting, so I figured I'd um, scoop her up as quickly as possible. <laughs> so, uh, it's worked out well. Hi, I'm Sandra. I'm a sophomore majoring in economics, minoring in management, science, and engineering. And I also found out about the program through an email I got. Uh, I actually am doing the SAM program, and my mentor is uh, in New York. So I haven't actually had the chance to meet him, but it's been a fantastic relationship so far. And um, I guess I'll be telling you a little more about this. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so my next, the next part, basically, I'd like to ask you guys to talk about your own person, your own personal stories. So, what were your expectations going into the program? How did the program, how did the program fulfill or not fulfill those expectations? And then, what did you learn from participating? What was the takeaway? Shall I start? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I've always been interested in real estate investing. But real estate investing is a very non-linear path. There aren't, there isn't a set core of classes that you take for it. It's not like iBanking or consulting where everyone knows how to get to them. And looking through the profiles, I found Elna, who was involved in this, and I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to meet someone who's actually doing this as her career. And so then I e emailed her, and we got together, and then we went on Friday afternoon. We went and toured around. San Jose area looking for different houses to flip and it was a really extraordinary experience just actually being with her on the job seeing what it's like interacting with actual people it was just amazing the whole Sam experience the whole Sam experience what? She my questions about mentoring oh no, I'm just asking basically like what did you learn from it but yeah Okay. Um, I learned what it's like to be a real estate investor, at least for a day. <laughs> um, it was just great experience. I mean, there's not very many opportunities that you actually get to go do these things without actually having an internship or something. So just being able to do this for at least one day just made a big difference. I guess um, similar to that, uh, I was kind of hoping to find out what it was like day-to-day um, -day sort of life, um, work life in um, nonprofit work, and specifically sort of environmental nonprofit work because I had been like an Eagle Scout and was my family was really into the outdoors, but I didn't really, I didn't have a lot of nonprofit experience um, at Stanford, um, and I didn't know a lot of people outside who did it. Um, so it's been really useful to learn kind of um, how I think a lot of my questions to Sybil have been about what sort of led her to get into um, the kind of work that she's doing because it seems like um, such a specialized uh, such a specialized job to be because of her um, language background knowing speaking Russian and also being a humble student and studying the environment uh, how she sort of managed to find a job that fit both of those things like perfectly and I guess there, there was a, a lot of serendipity involved um, but it, it's it's also you know she was telling me about how the you know the teaching job in Colorado sort of um, you know she, she recommended I look into that as well because that being in that sort of location I think you were working with um, was it disabled students or 
kids who hadn't made it in standard public schools. Yeah, yeah. so people who had sort of fallen through the cracks. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's definitely, I don't know, I think a lot of times um, doing nonprofit work, and I'm sure other types of, types of work as well, it's a very um, circuitous route to figure out what you're finally going to do, which was really comforting uh, and useful to know for me because a lot of um, a lot of my friends seem to be following sort of the linear path that you're talking about, um, and particularly once you get to be a senior, it becomes uh, a lot more realistic, uh, real quick. So, uh, yeah. Well, I'm actually following that like more linear uh, path of um, finance. I know I knew I wanted to do finance, but I didn't really know what area I wanted to get into because there are a lot of different divisions and like areas you can work in and I had no previous knowledge and no experience and I wanted to be able to talk to someone who could tell me about their experience about their knowledge and who could I could ask questions and uh, it would be like a safe safe space like person who can answer any question and not make me feel like oh I this is a dumb question that I shouldn't be asking um, so um, my relationship with my mentor John Blum has been mostly through telephone and through email he has been extremely supportive and very helpful. He is always interested in knowing what I've been up to, what has been going on. Um, for example, for the summer recruiting for internships, he's always asking me, do you have anything planned up? Like, do you want to talk about it? So we would talk on the phone all the time, and he would help me out. He would answer all my questions. Um, I was actually, he, he works in New York, and I was in New York recently. And we were planning to get together because, like I said earlier, we haven't actually met. But he's a very busy person, and we weren't able to meet. But he did refer me to one of his um, previous, uh, one of, uh, an ex, uh, an alumni that he actually was a mentor for, like five or ten years ago. Graduated from Stanford and is also in the finance industry. And I was able to meet with him and talk with him. And it's just helped me a lot to expand my network. And I've been able to talk to a lot more people. And it's been really a really good and uh, fantastic experience. Now that we've heard from the students, uh, would the alumni also like to get a chance to talk about, sure. from your perspective, what was it like being part of this program? Um, what were the motivations and what did you get out of it? Um, I think I have been part of the mentoring program for about 10 years. And I heard about it on email through some alumni newsletter. Um, unfortunately, I have a profile that doesn't fit what most students appear to be looking for in that um, I don't work in an office. And I also um, have this ra rather varied background. Um, it's. It's like students are so concerned with starting their career as a linear thing right out of college that they're looking for something that they can step right into. And the truth is, that's good for five to seven years. Did you also know, incidentally, that if you take engineering, half your, half your information will be, will be out of date by the time you graduate, um, which means that by another five years, you're going to have to retool in order to stay abreast in your field. That's just engineering. I would imagine in, in the sciences, you get to retool like every two and a half years. Um, that is also true in life. Um, you get to retool periodically, and whether that's by changing careers or learning new skills that are within the career that you're in at the moment, 
or finding that a new career has kind of blossomed under your very feet and you're going to go off in that direction now, or for some reason you find that you have a different set of opportunities and thank you, I would like to go over here now instead of where you've been. Um, and having done that most of my life, that doesn't look like somebody who's had a stable career. Well, no, I've had about seven of them. And um, I've made money at them all. So it's, I, I don't look linear. And for that reason, I don't get asked very often. So it was just a treasure to have Jenny along. Let me explain what she's referring to about, um, actually, let me back off a little bit to give you an example <laughs> of how this works. Um, I started out with a major in journalism and communications. And right out of college, I went to work for Lockheed and became one of the first people who had to learn how to program in a machine that is no longer out there and is <coughs> on display at the Computer History Museum. Um, but having learned every operating system there is, including things that preceded DOS, um, I also became something of an expert. And because of my journalism background, I was able to explain these things. Um, I have a private theory that people who major in engineering do so, so that they will never have to write another word the rest of their lives. Those of us who know how to write can translate for them. And I made a very good living out of doing that. However, one day I was writing up a manual on some obscure operating system, and from the next cubicle I heard somebody bragging about the fact that they had landed a contract to write a book with what was then Osborne Publishing. And I listened very carefully over the cubicle wall as this person bragged about how much money he got for doing the book and said, I can do that. Um, so I proceeded to call Osborne Computer, excuse me, Osborne Publishing Company and say, I hear you're looking for people who can write. I can write. What do you need written? I kid you not. That was the conversation. And they said, gulp, we need a couple books written describing spreadsheets and we need them translated from VisiCalc, which most of you have no idea about, into SuperCalc, which also most of you never knew about. <laughs> um, Several steps later, that became Lotus, and then eventually it became Excel. And out of that conversation came 33 books in the computer books that have been published. And if you Google me, you'll find some of them are still out there in remainder. Um, that is an example of both opportunism and the fact that your life could take some rather dramatically different directions without your really having set out to do that. Um, Real estate I got into um, because I was tired of the computer industry for a while. And um, I was looking for a house and an agent in showing me a number of houses told me how it was possible to take some of these and fix them up. And uh, there was an opportunity for people to do that. And so after buying my own house and fixing it up, I said, oh, well, maybe I can do that over here. And we bought a house and I fixed it up and put on the market and we made a ton of money. And I said, oh, I can do this and make a lot of money. And I don't have to answer to anybody else. And I can do it on my own schedule. And yes, there's a risk involved that as long as there's a market, I will be making some money. Hot damn. So I did. And I stayed in that until 1980, which for those of you who are old enough to remember was the year that interest rates hit 22 and 24% and the bottom dropped out of the real estate market. So I went back to the computer industry again and made some more money. The point of this all is that that doesn't look like a linear path and it has nothing to do with journalism. Well, the truth is I left out about a 20-year segment where I did indeed do journalism and in fact taught it. So has it 
morphed into what I do now? Yes. Is there a connection? Yeah. It's not straight, but there are connected points all along the line. My point in that is to advise you to, do not, to not think so linearly in terms of what can you get out of a mentoring experience. What you get out of a mentoring experience is a life experience. It's not just career. Um, one of the things your Stanford education should teach you to do is how to adapt. You learn some core skills, the most important of which is you learn how to learn and you learn how to teach yourself. And those are the things that will st stand you in good stead. Um, what, what Jenny's talking about is something that we do every Friday. Um, we subscribe to a couple of private databases and through that we find out about houses that are in foreclosure or in default or are otherwise in trouble. And we go through a numerical analysis of every single house that is available and pick what seems to work and what doesn't. And we go out and we look at the ones that survive that analysis. And that is what we call a drive around. And we do it in Santa Clara County every Friday. Today we looked at 12 houses. Of those, um, eight are not going to make the cut for May. One is a very good possibility. And oh, by the way, we passed by another one that had weeds up to here. And we looked at other, each other and said, hmm. So that's on our list of research. That's how we find properties. Flipping is not as it's described on television. Um, what they leave out is all the risk involved, the fact that the market can tank underneath your very feet, and the fact that things go wrong on a regular basis. What they also don't tell you is some of the war stories. And Jenny and I have had more fun talking about the war stories you wouldn't believe, some of the stuff that actually happens out there sometime to Stanford graduates. Okay, my point in going into a mentoring program is to tell Jenny, this does happen. We've experienced it. If you push through all of this chaos and garbage and things that shouldn't happen to real people, you will find there is an opportunity to make money and make very good money in there and to be responsible for it. And that's what part of this is, is very fulfilling. Does it have a fancy title like real estate developer? Well, yeah. Does it have a title like vice president? Not unless you give it to yourself. <laughs> um, does it have an opportunity to make contacts? Yeah, but not like you'd think. Um, if you are open to these opportunities and you listen, there are people in any industry who will be glad to teach you about how to proceed in the industry. And I think that's the best part about mentoring. Go. Thanks, Elena. That was really, that was really great. <laughs> that was really great. And I appreciate the emphasis just on, on um, that there's, there's so much out there that you just can't know about until you talk to somebody. And I'm constantly reminded of that when I meet people in my, in my work world and even here at the table. And so, um, I mean, one of the things that, that the mentor program uh, is incredible for is that it provides this resource um, to anyone who wants to take advantage of it. And um, that's something that Stanford is really good at, is, is providing those resources. And I, I, I don't take it for granted. Um, and and in my experience interacting with, with Brendan and, and thinking back about, you know, the, you know, job search number one, job search number two, job search number three, um, 
you know, it, it, it just, it, it is really, it reminded me that, that this is not easy. Um, that there's a, a, when you first start out, there's, you, you feel like there's a wall in front of you and it's really not clear how, how you break through and where to start. And I think um, although we're in this great age of internet-based um, resources, I, I don't think that that, um, that is equal to um, the personal stories that, that people um, that you might access through this network are, are able to share. And, and, and the, uh, the chronology of those personal stories um, that, that, that will give you a more depth of perspective on what you might choose to do. Um, and, you know, I, I think about that particularly working in the nonprofit world because um, I think that there's been a real effort to, to really raise the profile of, of public interest opportunities for students as they're, uh, as they're graduating, but I still, simply because there are less resources, there's less money out there, um, there's less opportunities because a lot of the jobs in public interest are, are not necessarily well paid or it's hard to get money for those positions. Uh, there are not as many um, clear paths available for how do you get into nonprofit or public interest work. And I just, I just want to say that, um, that I think that the effort of being persistent and searching out what those opportunities are, if that's an interest of yours, is really worth it. Um, it's something that, that I've really valued. Um, obviously, it's not for everyone, but, um, but I was really able to get into my line of work because of the circuitous path of people that I met along the way. And it ranged from a woman who was on a plane carrying dried mushrooms and moss back from Kamchatka, Russia, from the Russian Far East to California, who happened to work for this nonprofit that, that I now work for. She was looking at non-timber forest um, resources as an alternative to industrial logging. And, um, and, and so, you know, those layers of context are, are what might lead you to something that, that is really exciting and a wonderful life path. And, um, and so talking with Brendan, you know, reminded me of, of all of the dead ends that, that, I, that I hit where I had to back up and reevaluate um, that ranged from, you know, trying to, to use my language and work at a little Russian deli and meeting this Russian grandmother from hell who was just horrible to deal with and realizing I needed to find something else um, <laughs> to, um, to working for the nonprofit and, and wanting to do the program work, but there wasn't a job available, so leaving for a period of time to do some teaching and then ending up coming back to it. So, um, so that was one thing. It's just you know remembering that 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 the process isn't always easy, and and then the second thing was that when we were talking, you know, you had a lot of different ideas and a lot of questions, not just about well where does this go, but what's the day to day like, and when you're making decisions about your job, it's. It's not just the title, it's about how do you spend your eight to ten hours during that day? And then, you know, what do you, what do you have left in yourself when you go home at the end of the day? And so, I mean, that was a really interesting conversation to talk more at that level. And, and then also to talk, to just try and listen to what ideas that you had 
because I couldn't, I mean, I, I was interested in just observing myself. I couldn't give you the answer to say, oh, Brendan, you're obviously going to go and talk to this person and they have the job for you. It was more, the it was more of a conversation trying to hear what, you know, what your interests were and uh, what was most exciting to you. And, and I think that that's also important to, to keep in mind as you're looking for a mentor or finding a mentor, that it's not one person that will have the answer, that it might be a collection of people and one person's opinion is something to, to take with a grain of salt as well because um, there's a lot of different opportunities out there and really it's about what do you want to do and where do you want to go with, um, with the time that you have. So, thank you. Okay, at this point, I'd like to open up, uh, open it up for audience questions. Does anyone have a question? Anything at all. <laughs> so, for the mentors, how often do you get together with your uh, your uh, mentees, and uh, what kind of interactions have you had? Um, we. We talked by phone and then communicated a couple times by email about some specific um, ideas, and then and then um, and then met down here once, um, and then now again. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, yeah. what would you say? Maybe we connected up every couple weeks. Yeah, and you know, um, she she also sort of sends me. Um, ideas of other people that I can talk to, um, particularly people who do things with communications and writing because that's my interest. Um, so I, I think it's really good to just have the um, mentor as a, as a resource so that when you have some sort of new idea or, or, you know, what do you think about this or when you get some kind of, you know, good news or bad news or something you're applying for, um, I think that's sort of a more organic way to organize the relationship as opposed to like, um, you know, having set times. Although it sounds like the those Friday um, house searching <laughs> yes. sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> I know they are. Um, so I, yeah. Jenny and I have had an email exchange over several weeks. We've had a couple phone conversations, and we've had the one drive around. I would hire her in a minute if we had um, a project that could fund her. Um, we may yet have one, but I don't know yet. And unfortunately, I know. <laughs> um, uh, we haven't had much in the way of email dialogue in the last couple of weeks, but it's very obvious that I think very highly of her and, and would contact her immediately if, if there was some opportunity for me to do something else with her. Are there any more questions? Yeah, this is a question directed towards Sandra, but also the other panelists. But um, I mean, for a lot of students here at Stanford, we think about you know what we're going to do you know, immediately out of college. Um, but how much has uh, your mentors given you kind of maybe like a, a career path beyond that first job and kind of like a, a career direction rather than simply you know, where are we going to be after we graduate? Well, when I actually uh, started talking to him, I had no idea what I wanted to do, so I wanted to learn a little more about uh, what he, like, day-to-day -day activities, like, what he did, what he liked about it, just, like, general questions. 
And the more I talked to him, well, the more interested I became. And he's been in finance all his life, but in like several different um, like investment banking, sales and trading, and now hedge fund. So definitely it has helped me like to learn from all of this and like different how I don't know the different stages how like everything plays out differently and I mean I I just think it's like very valuable information and really it's been great. I felt like I got more life experience, life advice rather than specific career advice which to me was a lot more valuable than this is what you have to do to get to this career. More like just explore your options. Don't worry too much about what's going to happen. It'll all work out. Yeah, I would say that um, I was sort of more interested in finding out uh, whether this was something that I would be interested in doing and whether my skills could, or how my skills could be used as opposed to um, looking you know, looking specifically for a job, I, I suppose that that's one way to use the mentor program, but um, I think it's been, uh, you know, Sybil has a different background um, than I did. I wasn't looking for someone who necessarily had the same background, but at the same time it got me thinking about, I think one of the things that you realize when you apply for something like this is it helps you to sort out exactly what your interests are. So, um, for example, I didn't know um, you know that that I was sort of this interested in in the environment and possibly doing you know nonprofit um, type of writing as opposed to journalism um, until I saw Sybil's profile and said you know that sounds really interesting I wonder what she has to say um, and that sort of got me thinking more about it as the year went on and I ended up applying for um, a couple of um, internship opportunities doing you know like archaeology and like anthropology things I have no experience in. Um, and I ended up getting an internship at Yellowstone National Park this summer to do archaeology work, um, which I don't—I really don't think I would have applied for. It doesn't—it doesn't relate directly um, to what she does, but I don't think I would have thought to apply for it unless I had, you know, known this sort of aspect about myself and my interests that the program sort of helped me uncover a little bit.
Um, but yeah, in the future, that's definitely something we would like to explore. Did I answer your question? I'm not sure. I felt totally at sea as a graduate student and even okay. more cut off as a postdoc. I was a postdoc at UC Davis, and we weren't even allowed to use the, uh, the uh, career resources there, and, and that's the population that's like looking for jobs. So yeah. I mean, it seems kind of upside down, actually. Actually, the SAM program, it's not, it, it is open to everybody. We're not saying like, oh, graduate students can't be part of it. It's more, I guess it's more that um, undergraduates are more in tune with what's going on with the CDC, and so they know about these things, and so they sign up. But it, it's, it's open to everybody. Any more questions? Did you have a question? Yeah. Just going off that, isn't there also a shadow program at the CDC? Yeah. Oh, the shadow program? Um, would you like to explain? Yeah, there is a shadow program, and, and that is an opportunity where you can sign up with somebody and, and spend a day on the job. So, so you, you follow yeah, around. That's what the, we did. The real estate <laughs> that, that sometimes is an eye opening experience. Sometimes a pre med <laughs> wants to see what it's like to follow a doctor around and do rounds. So, so that would be the purpose of that program. The mentoring thing is this ongoing relationship. You have competitions and dialogues. So, so those are some of the different things. And also, I just want to mention that the Alumni Association has this very large. Database of volunteer alumni. Is in, I'd love to talk to people on just informational interview dates. And so, so there's, a, there's, a, there's a number of different services that we offer to students at the Alumni Association. Sam offers so something to meet your need. I was just going to make a comment on that shadow program. Uh, so I'm actually one of the I'm the last uh, panelists that didn't actually. You want to but, um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I was late. Um, but I'm also a shadow mentor, and uh, actually a lot of graduate students have actually come through that program uh, to shadow people on the job uh, just to see what it's like. And uh, I think it's actually pretty useful for the grad students actually, uh, because a lot of times uh, they give you a call up and they're like, you know, I'd love to shadow you and all they know is your job title, and then you talk to them for like five minutes, and you're like, mm, are you really sure you want to come in? Because, you know, a lot of times they have this impression of what a particular job is, and, you know, you being in the job, you know that it's not that. So it, it's, I think it's a great service for graduate students as well as undergrads. I'd like to echo what he just said. Um, I haven't worked in an office, per se, for about 20 years now. Um, yet I have run a company, I've uh, run two companies, and am now on my third. Um, and, you know, I'm not famous, I don't have the trappings of an office. Um, it, it isn't that kind of thing. When people, you know, picture what people do in the movies, it's like they go to the office and things like that. If I go to the office, it's to deliver a contract and then come home. And um, that isn't what they teach you life is like. And yet, that's what the real world is like. Um, and if anything, what both the mentoring and shadow programs do is explode those myths and get you, she said, more life experience, what more realistic experience. You think that leaving college, the first thing you're going to do is get a job. And it will look like this. And the truth is, it doesn't look like that. 
it has a title that looks like this and a set of responsibilities that look like that. And then there are no boundaries. Um, and you get to figure out exactly how you fit in that mold. And you get to learn to deal with politics. You get to le learn to deal with labor law. You get to learn to deal with the technical parts of your business. You get to learn with how you stay abreast of what's going on so that you can beat the competition that's right next door to you in the next cubicle. And those are all kinds of things that are part of this business called learning how to work. And students don't realize that it's that broad and that kind of amorphous. On, on, on my uh, second job out of Stanford, I was associate editor of a magazine. One of the job duties was taking out the trash. <laughs> and one of the things I learned was how to get that job transferred to someone else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Use those skills for my character. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'll take one more last question. Anyone has one? Nobody has a question. I have one last question <laughs> that I'd like to ask my panelists. What one piece of advice would you give to students to make the most out of their mentoring experiences? Stay open to possibilities. Don't be afraid and email that person, call that person, talk yes. to that person, and just ask the question. I would say pick uh, a mentor who can tell you something new. Um, Maybe and don't be afraid to pick someone who is interested in something that you don't know that much about, but think you only might be interested in it. I'd say ask all your questions, not just the ones that you think that you're supposed to be asking. But at the same time, don't look at this as just an opportunity to get ahead in life or whatnot. Try to actually develop a relationship. I would like to add one more thing. Okay. <laughs> You're at Stanford, and you have, because you are here, the single best opportunity on the West Coast to network. There is nothing that beats the Stanford Alumni Network. Um, you will find that you can plug back into it at many different points in your life. Um, the Alumni Association is sensible enough to have an online database that has what you majored in and then what you've been doing lately. And it is searchable. And you can make contacts anywhere in the world via the information that you can find. Your professors, or not professors, even people that you went into classes with, are people whom you can stay in contact with during the reunions, during email, during other conferences, throughout the rest of your life. And they can make your life very much worthwhile. So that wraps up our panel discussion. Um, after this, we're, we have a reception out there. There's food, you know, just mingle, talk. We do have a few areas set up, and if you feel comfortable just going to different areas, they're set up by industry, that's perfectly valid. Or if you just want to talk to whoever and just mingle, that's fine too. Um, can we get a round of applause for our panel? <laughs> The preceding program was brought to you by Stanford on iTunes U and is copyrighted by the Board of Trustees of the Leland Stanford Junior University. Please visit us at itunes.stanford.edu.